back to the Making Madness College Basketball Podcast. This is Jonathan here with Sean. Uh, this is going to be a loaded episode. Uh, we we just had the uh, Halt Cheese It Hall of Fame tip off classic. I think that is what it is. Yeah, that that sounds right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, shout out to Cheese It's uh, for getting their name yeah. on that. They're solid. Yeah. I I I'd prefer pretzels as like a snack, but mm. cheese its are they're solid. Can't agree with that. No, no, that's that's not a good take. See, I, I'm a, take. I'm I'm a salty in, individual, so pretzels bit more salty, I guess. Mm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that that was a instant classic. We had I, it's still technically going on. We are recording this before the. Tennessee North Carolina game goes on. Uh, just doing it after the championship game here, but instant classic uh, yesterday and somewhat of an instant classic today. Purdue ends up winning the championship. Your thoughts on the game, Sean? I thought Villanova outplayed them for a lot of the game, most of the second half. The first half was pretty back and forth. Purdue made a run, and then Villanova responds with an 8-0 run. So I think we saw a lot of back and forth in the first half. And throughout most of the second half, it was mostly just Villanova playing Villanova basketball. They were getting some really good looks from three, but their bench became a big issue. I think we've seen that twice now against UCLA and today against Purdue. When they're playing some of the best teams in the country and they're not up by 20, their bench is going to be a problem because they don't have much depth. They play six or seven guys, the seventh guy being Chris Archidiakono. So you're not playing like a superstar as your seventh man. He's going to play like eight minutes a game. You have some talented young guys like Jordan Longino and Trey Patterson waiting in the wings, but these aren't guys that have gotten a lot of minutes. So that's going to be an issue for them. I think at the end of the day, I would have liked to see Villanova maybe add a couple players from the transfer portal that can play some minutes. They don't have to be stars. They don't even have to be that good. But you can just play some guys from the portal, like Caleb Daniels. He was solid today. You need more guys like Caleb Daniels coming off the bench that can pick up some minutes when Colin Gillespie gets tired because he played the entire game. And I think at, when it comes down to it, that's going to be a big problem for Villanova. Yeah, I, I agree. And we, we saw it kind of in the UCLA game. Uh, now UCLA played a great game. Purdue played a really good game, but like both those games, you could kind of see just the offense late in the game got more stagnant. A lot of it was like Justin Moore on an ISO situation, Colin Gillespie be on an ISO situation. I love, you know, what Villanova does so well is they're like consistently moving, consistently cutting. And you know, when you're playing, ISO basketball, a lot of ISO basketball is just who's the better player. And a lot of times that's not Villanova's players because uh, they're what Villanova does so well and why they're such a good team is that they play so well, you know, not playing ISO basketball. They're just moving, you know, constantly. And that's why it's so hard to defend Villanova. But if they were going to play ISO basketball, they're going to be, you know, susceptible to losing and not scoring as much. And we saw this kind of late in the game, uh, you know, and Justin Moore had a good game early on. He was kind of one of the catalysts to it. Colin Gillespie was one of the catalysts to the isolation basketball that they kind of played in the second half. If you're going to, you know, be a national championship contender, I, I do think they have to find I would say two players. Just have like an eight-man rotation that you can trust, uh, because you know Caleb Daniels is a good six-man. He played twenty min- minutes in this one, had seventeen points, was second. He had his best game points. since like the beginning of last year. Yeah, but like I think you can trust you know Caleb Daniels coming off the bench, but he you know Chris Archidiakono's not fantastic, and he. Kind of just comes off the bench because Jay Wright somewhat trusts him, uh, but you know he only played five minutes. Then you got Trey Patterson, uh, Brian Antoine. I mean, the health he's hurt. Like, yeah, he's hurt. So, so I mean, that's that would help if he could ever get healthy. But I I think at this point it's like not expecting that. Jordan Walker, you know, Cosby Roundtree is hurt too. Yeah, like just getting, you know, maybe. 
maybe you lo- still lose this game if you're uh, Villanova, if you play Jordan Longino and Trey Patterson, you know, 10 minutes each or something. Maybe you still lose this game. But after seeing what happened at UCLA, I thought Jay Wright might have, you know, just tried to open up a little bit more. I, I was disappointed he kind of didn't do that maybe more in the first half. And Grant, they got out to kind of a slow start. Zach E.D. was eating inside uh, early on, and they kind of had to fight back to just take the lead. But once they got up by 10, 12 points, I, I think they could have done a better job maybe just initiating a little bit more bench play. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. And I think having a guy like Demir Cosby Roundtree, if he were healthy, would make a huge difference. Is he a superstar? No. But he was a good role player when he was healthy, and he hasn't played in two years. So not having that guy, you have two guys on scholarship that are injured with Cosby Roundtree and Antoine, both guys that can contribute. So that's definitely a big blow for Villanova. But a guy they're going to need more from if he's going to start and play real minutes is Eric Dixon. He didn't do anything in this game. And I'm not, I'm not saying that it was expected that he was going to do a whole lot, but he did miss a couple of pretty good looks. We've seen that a few times this year. He's missed some looks that he probably should hit. I think the best version of Villanova is with Brandon Slater at the four and Jermaine Samuels at the five and just running five out the whole game. Uh, Eric Dixon plays like 10 to 15 minutes maybe. I think he's a fine player, but I'm just not sure that he gives you your best starting lineup right now. I think that is with Brandon Slater and Jermaine Samuels at the four slash five. Then you put Caleb Daniels in the starting lineup. I think I like that as the most optimal starting lineup for Villanova. Yeah, I, I, I think you could play Dixon, you could play Daniels. Like, at the end of the day, they're both going to play probably. Daniels is a shooter, though. Dixon, yeah. like, I, I'm just – what does he really like? What does he really do in a, especially in a game like this? Like he's usually a fine defender, but he was always going to struggle today because Zach Eady is like six or seven inches taller than him. Travion Williams is bigger than him and stronger than him. So this is going to be a game where he racked up fouls and just didn't do a whole lot. But he played almost twenty minutes still, missed a couple shots. I think if they went to five out like they did late in the game, if they went to that earlier in the game in the first half, that would have been better. Because no matter who you put on, Zach Eady and Travion Williams, they're going to score. It didn't matter. Yeah. And you like might it, as well, you might as well just let them score and try to expose them on the defensive end, getting them on the perimeter and getting them to, like, Colin Gillespie got Travion Williams on a shot fake, got him to jump because Travion Williams can't keep up with Colin Gillespie. He's just not quick enough, especially Zach Eady. There's a few times he got lost and let, let a wide open three happen. Yeah, and like a little bit in that late first half, second half, like when Villanova was making their run, they were going to that kind of five-out, you know, offense with Samuels at the five. So it, I I do agree, like it worked certainly in this game. Uh, and I, I do kind of think like it might be overrated who actually starts for them. If you want to start uh, Eric Dixon but play Caleb Daniels more minutes, I mean, at the end of the day, it's – all about like what kind of works in the game, uh, and like you you could argue like Travion Williams in the you know North Carolina game didn't start. He was better than Zach Eady in that game. So like, I think Zach Eady's a better player. I, I can't believe yeah. him actually. Like I I thought like I didn't think that was gonna happen, but it's happened. Zach Eady is crazy good. Like I think. I might be imagining this. I'm pretty sure I tweeted last year sometime. Or maybe I'm just hoping I did and I look smart. Uh, I'm pretty sure I tweeted, like, Zach, like, it was like the second Purdue game of the year. I was like, Zach Eady is more just talented than Matt Harms or Isaac Haas. Yeah, here we go. Uh, November 26th. I said Matt Painter has had Isaac Haas and Matt Harms, but Zach Eady is more talented than both. I think that's fair. Yeah. I think it is, but. Like Matt Harms would do like one-handed floaters from 12 feet when he could just back dudes down and use his height. Yeah, Isaac Haas was better than Matt Harms, Harms, but yeah. But Haas, like, he's not as he's not as good as Zach Eady. Like, I think Zach Eady right now is already better than the best version of Isaac Haas. Yeah, 
I think because uh, Haas couldn't stay in the game for very long. I think Ed is more. Yeah. I don't know. I'd say he's in better shape, but he's more equipped to stay in games longer. It seems like. Yeah, I do think like Ed. I mean, just being seven four as opposed to like seven foot is just such a big difference. And he, he in this game had twenty one points, which you know it, they established him early. We're like we're gonna feed Ed inside, and then you know obviously Villanova did a really good job, like in the middle, like the second and third quarters of the game. If you want to break it down by quarters, like. They, Villanova did a great job of containing ED. You know, they, you got some Travion Williams minutes. They contained Travion Williams. But then I think, like, kind of towards the end of the game, when Purdue ends up making the run and winning the game, they did a really good job of just kind of, like, you know, getting the offense moving. Jane Ivey was, you know, moving around. The team, I think, was kind of, like, moving around better. And that's why I think they ended up taking the lead. And, end up winning this game is the offense was just doing more offensively, uh, you know, moving a little bit more. And, you know, I think for kind of that second, third quarter quarter of the game, I, I get they play halves, but like the, you know, minutes, you know, 10 through 30 of this game, they were just kind of playing, you know, just try to post up as opposed to trying to like post up cut, you know, move around a little bit offensively. I think that's kind of what initiated the comeback, and then Villanova just kind of being more stagnant than a boulder on offense also contributed to that. Yeah, definitely. Right, so that that was a instant classic. Purdue beat North Carolina the uh, previous game. That was, I think, a really good game. Uh, Villanova took care of Tennessee. Uh, any thoughts from those kind of games? Eh, not really. I mean, Tennessee looked pretty terrible. Their offense is a mess right now. They need to get Justin Powell more involved. Kennedy Chandler struggled, but I think he's going to be fine. What it comes down to, though, is the shooting has to be a little more consistent. You've got, you, you got to get John Fulkerson more involved. But I think getting Justin Powell, like I said, more involved. He didn't play until there was like eight minutes left in the first half. He's so talented. You got to play Justin Powell. Yeah. I thought what was kind of interesting is like Viscovi was going off on offense. And then right on the defensive end, it was like Colin Gillespie just bodied him for a post up. Like that, Mm -hmm. that happened like, I want to say like five different times on the, in the first half. But like Viscovi was the only source of offense for Tennessee. So you, kind of had to leave him in there, but I mean, it, Tennessee, I think, will be fine. Uh, the, the talent is there. They just, I mean, Kennedy Chandler is going to get better. They'll be a better team. I just don't think they're like a Final Four caliber team. That's kind of where I'm at on them. Yeah, I'm with you. And then as for North Carolina, I was kind of optimistic about them. The offense is, I mean, this this team scores points. They can ever figure out the defense and look, Purdue's going to score 90 points against a lot of teams, but North Carolina's got to get a lot better defensively. If they, I, I do think North Carolina, we'll, we'll see about this North Carolina Tennessee game. I think of the two, North Carolina's, I say, would have more upside. Yeah, I don't think, I don't, like, I definitely agree that North Carolina's defense is a problem. We'll see how they look against Tennessee. But they also really struggled defensively against Brown and against College of Charleston. So definitely a concern for me defensively. Yeah. But, if it, like, if they can go from being, like, they're probably playing at, like, the 70th best Ken Palm rate of the year. I, I'm not sure on these exact statistics, uh, but, like, if they can become, like, a Ken Palm top 30 defense, like, the offense is fantastic. Yeah, I agree with you. Dawson Garcia really makes this team more versatile, his ability to shoot the ball, his ability to drive. He's a really skilled player. That addition late in the offseason was massive. Caleb Love, R.J. Davis looked really good. Armando Baycott didn't really do anything against Purdue because he was in foul trouble the entire game. 
So that kind of hurt them a little bit. But I think the lineup with Brady Manick and Dawson Garcia at the five works very well, too. Yeah. All right. Um, so th- those are kind of like the quick recaps. We're going to do some previews. Uh, we're we're going to start with two games that I guess kind of take place later today. If you're listening to this uh, on, let's say, Monday or Tuesday, uh, if you're you know, traveling or something like that, First off, happy travels, happy Thanksgiving, but to it, you could, I guess, just scroll past this. We'll eventually, the, the next game we'll talk about is Gonzaga UCLA, but first gonna do, I guess, St. Bonaventure Marquette, the championship game. This is gonna be a game I'm really excited to watch. You get this kind of like havoc style of defense against like a well composed St. Bonaventure team. You also get second half Bonnies who have notably been terrible in the first half and great second in the half second half. Too, though. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be a good game, so I, I'm excited to see this one. Who do you have win this game? See, last podcast I said I think St. Bonaventure would win this matchup, and then I saw Marquette play West Virginia and change my mind. Give me, give me Marquette. I like the options they have offensively. Cam Jones has looked really good. Tyler Kolick, his ability to drive and find shooters – is awesome. He can really score the ball too. Justin Lewis has already made more three pointers this year than he did last year. And Greg Elliott is back. He missed the first three games of the year, played in the last game. Same Bonaventure, another team that doesn't have a bench. I could see them kind of faltering late. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna roll with St. Bonaventure. Uh but it, it, I I do think like St. Bonaventure maybe with having like a limited bench, they maybe know how to play like cause they did this last year. They maybe know how to play a little bit better than what Villanova does because Villanova is just going to play hard the entire game. Maybe St. Bonaventure is like, hey, we're not going to play hard the first half and then play hard the second half. So maybe that there's a strategy to St. Bonaventure. But, yeah, I I really like if St. Bonaventure could get like six or seven players, you know, eight players in their rotation – but I love this starting five. Like they, they cut well together. They're well connected on offense, uh, and then the defense is certainly big. I'm going to go with St. Bonaventure to win this one. I do think like experience will ultimately matter, but like Marquette is also like they they look very good. They could certainly win this game, and if they do, I I might consider putting Marquette in uh, a top twenty five. Yeah, win or lose, I think I'm going to rank Marquette just because of how impressive they've been. And if they lose, they're losing to a top 25 team, a team that's in my top 15 or so. So it's not going to be a bad loss by any means if they lose. But Marquette's really hot right now. Same Bonaventure has been up and down. Give me Marquette. All right, and then the other game, other premier game, it is Arizona against uh, Michigan. I know you you might be going for the upset. I'm going to go with Michigan. Start off here. Uh, I think you know they'll they'll let Hunter Dickinson. You know I I do think that Coloco Hunter Dickinson matchup is going to be very good. But I think Dickinson's still going to get his. And I liked what I saw Musa Diabete. Obviously, it'll be a different defense. Uh, UNLV versus uh, Arizona. I think he could have a big role, so I'm going to go with Michigan, but I, I want to hear what you're saying here. Yeah, I'm going with Arizona. They have a ton of size. I think Coloco will be able to shut down Hunter Dickinson a little bit, and when you have some versatile defenders like Benedict Mather and Kim Aiken and Dalen Terry, that could limit some of Michigan's shooting. Arizona's point guard situation is definitely a question. I like Michigan's guards way more. But overall, I think Arizona will be able to be great offense, uh, defensively, and I think they'll be able to win a little bit offensively, but they'll have to win this game on the defensive side. Yeah, and I, I think from a uh, this past weekend, like Arizona-Wichita State might have been the best, or like the most fun game. Uh, Arizona ultimately won in overtime, but like Wichita State just, they would not go away. Uh, Tyson Etienne hit like a big three, and you were that slandering was, this game too. I, I was slandering it, and then big it like time slander. It, it was a 
it was not not a great game for like thirty. It was kind of like that DePaul Rutgers game, where like it's not a great game for a lot of it, and then like it comes down to the end, and then like a bunch of goofy plays are happening, and it's like this game's awesome. I mean, Tyson Etienne, he is very good. Like, of course, he's very good. We all know that at this point. But his ability to – he has that clutch gene. Like, I feel like we've seen him do this time and time again the past few years. Just hit some incredibly difficult shots. And if Wichita State makes the NCAA tournament, which isn't a guarantee by any means, having a guy like Tyson Etienne is such a luxury. Yeah, he he – He's kind of like the AAC version of Damian Lillard. But yeah, like he's, I'm going to be honest, like he's a little, he, he takes some bad shots sometimes, no question. Yeah. But when he makes those shots, it's exciting. Yeah. Especially when it's like game on the line, winner, or make the shot or go home and he drills it. Yeah, instead of game time, it's Etienne time. Yeah. Uh, so that that's going to be certainly a fascinating game. They'll uh, beat UNLV though. Yeah, which UNLV, not bad. Good showing yeah. against Michigan. Not yeah. bad team. Not bad, I guess, is how uh, an okay an okay way to describe them. Yeah, I mean, I think they're a top one hundred team. Yeah, probably they're like fifth in the Mountain West. Yeah, not, not bad. Not very good, but not terrible. Better than Washington, California, and maybe nah, Colorado. It's not, it's not saying much. Maybe Colorado. Uh, man. Probably Oregon State. Oregon State is bad. Like they, yeah. they are. I was low on them. I was. I wasn't low enough on them. They're bad. They're just not good. See, I I was too high on Oregon State. I think I ranked them like seventh in the Pac-12. I had them ninth. Yeah, I should have had them like eleventh. Like I, Utah's better than them. Yeah, Utah is better than. The starting lineup they're rolling out today is Jared Lucas, Dexter Acano, uh why do I always forget his name? Deshaun Davis, uh Worth Alatiche, and Rodrigue Andela. That's just not an NCAA tournament lineup. It's just not. No, but you know, preseason they're tied for fourth, so which is just unreal to me. Yeah. That's, I, I that's feel bad for exam- Like, people people were super realistic about Georgetown's expectations, but – and most people were about Oregon State's, too. Like, I don't, I don't remember seeing many people being like, okay, this is a tournament team, and then they're just fourth in the Pac-12 preseason poll. I'm like, what? See, I, I was like – maybe they sneak into the NIT or something like that. Like, I, I could have seen that, yeah. That's kind of like what my expectations were, but they're worse. You know who they're missing? Their best player, Ethan Thompson. He would have been, he would have made this team better. Yeah. But Pac-12 still going to get five bids. Arizona, Washington State, uh, Oregon, UCLA, oh, USC. That's four. Okay, five. Yeah. I was like, who am I missing? Yeah, I mean, at least they have UCLA, right? There's been years where they have – did you say Arizona? Yeah. Okay. There's been years where they have, like, no good teams. So, at least they have one good team. They have five good teams. They have five teams that will make the tournament, probably. Are you telling me that Washington State is not a good basketball team? They're good. But I don't think they're, like, Sweet 16 good, maybe. They, they Maybe have, they are. I don't know. I don't know. They could be. Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends the matchups, but they're solid. I do like Washington State a lot. I mean, I've been pretty high on them most of the off season, so yeah. I do like them. But I think there's a. I think they were also very underrated in the Pac-12 preseason poll. They were like eighth. That's crazy. Yeah, I think. Those will be the five that make it. I think Arizona State will go to the NIT. Mm-hmm. Utah will be like NIT bubble, and then Craig Smith, he's gonna get it done. Like I feel, I have a weird feeling they're gonna be in the tournament. Not because they they have the talent of a tournament team, but Craig Smith just wins games. Like it's crazy. Yeah, 
So it's going to be fun to watch. Um, Utah State, speaking of, they're, they're right in this game with Oklahoma. It's a tie game. So I guess we'll have yeah, first some half. updates. Yeah. Uh, big game, though, this week. Dickie V is on the call. He has been released by his doctors, uh, and he is on the call for Gonzaga against UCLA. It is one versus two in the uh, rankings. This is as good as you can get for an early season game. Uh, Excited to get, like, Dickie V on this call just because, Mm -hmm. like, I, I, he can probably only do, like, one game a week at this point, but, like, this is as good as you can get. Gonzaga, UCLA, uh, I, I think we're, we both have the same pick, uh, for who will win this game, but, yeah, it's gonna be a fantastic game. Yeah, I'm going Gonzaga, of course. I just think they're the better team. Uh, it drew Timmy. They're not going to be able to stop him at all. He's going to go go off in this one. Maybe Chet Holmgren goes off. Gonzaga's just top to bottom better. UCLA's really good, but nobody's as good as Gonzaga. Yeah, I I, I agree. Like I, I think you know Timmy and Holmgren inside is going to be a tough pair to go against. I I do think Miles Johnson's going to be able to certainly better than what Texas did, which was he's not quick enough to stop Timmy. Though that's the thing. But I think he's going to be able to, like, before Timmy is able to kind of – because, like, if Timmy gets his – gets a step on you, you're dead, which he got the step on every single – like, I think Johnson's going to be able to push Timmy out a little bit further. Like, he still may get cooked a little bit, like – but I think it'll be a game where Timmy has, like, 20 points as opposed to 37 points, which – yeah, twenty points is still a lot. Yeah, I mean that's that's about his average. So it, it, the size, though, of course, with Gonzaga is huge. Chet Holmgren plays the four, and the four for UCLA is going to be Jaime Hawkes. Hawkes is really good, but he is six inches, seven inches shorter than Chet Holmgren. Yeah, like that's that's a big difference. Yeah, I think UCLA is going to be able to kind of hang around in this game. Uh, you know, that, I think the talent is, you know, certainly there for them to do that. I think Juzang's going to have to go off just to kind of keep them this, in this game. I, I'm picking Gonzaga. I think it'll win by like seven points or something like that. I think Timmy's going to have his game. I think Chet Holmgren certainly, this is going to be a game where Chet Holmgren shows up and shows out. Uh, it's going to be a fascinating game, but, I, again, I'm going with uh, the Bulldogs to win. Yeah, give me Zags by 10. All right. Uh, next up here, we're, we're getting into the bracket selections. Uh, you know, So we, we're going to start out with the Maui Invitational. First game, it is Butler against Houston. I'm rolling with the Cougars. Uh, they're... They're just a better team right now. Yeah, that's easy. All right, and then we've got Texas A&M against Wisconsin. Uh, I am going to roll with the Badgers. I mean, I I don't like either of these teams uh, overall, but I, I don't really trust Texas A&M, so give me Wisconsin. I'm going Texas A&M. I don't know if Jonathan Davis is going to play in this game. I don't think I've seen anything about that. He missed the game against Providence and the Gavit games. But Texas A&M does have some talent. Marcus Williams at the point guard spot. They have Tyrese Radford. They have a lot of solid pieces, and I think this could be a big Henry Coleman game. Wisconsin's really going to struggle to stop physical forwards, and that's exactly what Henry Coleman is. So I think you're going to see a big game from Henry Coleman. Texas A&M is going to beat Wisconsin. All right, next up we've got Oregon Chaminade. Uh, yeah. You going with Chaminade? No. All right, I'm going with Oregon as well. So, uh, then St. Louis wins. Good for them. It's just not going to happen. Hey, I, I will predict Chaminade. I, they'll beat Texas A&M in the seventh place game. There's my prediction. No, 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 not happening. It could happen. Could, unlikely. 
Yeah. Uh, but yeah, next game, this is going to be, I think, a very good game. Uh, St. Mary's against Notre Dame. I am rolling with Notre Dame to win this one. I think it'll be kind of, it'll be like a low possession game because St. Mary's and Notre Dame kind of like to, like, it's going to be a good offensive game though because both these teams will kind of grind it out, but they'll be efficient scoring. Give me Notre Dame. Uh, to win, but it, it's going to be, I think this is going to be the premier first round game. Give me St. Mary's because their defense is going to be really good and Notre Dame has to score to be able to win because they can't defend anything. So give me St. Mary's. All right. And then back at the top side, I have Houston beating Wisconsin. This won't be close. Yeah. Houston beating A&M for me also won't be close. Yeah. And then Oregon. I have them beating Notre Dame. I think, you know, they'll be able to kind of just out-execute. I think they have a better starting five. I do think Notre Dame's maybe like a tad underrated, but Oregon's just a better team. Well, I have this as St. Mary's Oregon, and I'm going Oregon. Their guards are going to be too much or too athletic for St. Mary's. All right, and then we've got same same matchup. It is Houston against Oregon. I'm rolling with Houston this one. They're going to make this game physical, tough, grinded out type of game. Uh, I, I do think they're, Oregon's going to, you know, playing, they kind of have a similar issue that they, that Villanova has. Like they don't have a ton of, you know, deep pieces that I necessarily trust. So give me Houston, you know, third day, three days. Uh, I'm going to go with the Cougars uh, to win this. Yeah, Houston for me, too. They're a really good team. Marcus Sasser and Kyler Edwards, really dangerous perimeter duo. Uh, they have a lot of guys that get offensive rebounds. That's kind of what the Kelvin Sampson system does. They're going to be really good, so give me Houston. Yeah, I, I do think if this game was played maybe in March, I would sing a different tone because I think Oregon will get a lot better throughout the season. But right now, I think Houston's just better. Yeah, yeah they, have some, they have some things to figure out, especially depth-wise, like you said. Uh, they're not quite there. They need guys like Rivaldo Suarez and, you know, Frank Kepnang, Nafali Dante, some of those guys to play some bigger roles. Yeah. Next up, we've got the battle for Atlantis. First game is Michigan State against Loyola Chicago. Uh, this is a tough one to pick. Like, this is I, – I found it somewhat easy to pick all the rest of the first-round games. This one I, I don't really have a great feel on, uh, but I'm going to go with uh, Loyola Chicago. I just think they have kind of more experience right now. But I, you could tell me either team wins this one. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I'm going with, with Loyola. Their defense actually hasn't been very good to start the year. 52nd in defensive efficiency. They struggled against uh, UIC the other day. So their defense is down a little bit, uh, but their offense has been really good. So that's kind of interesting. I don't know if that's based more so who they played or if their offense is just going to be a lot better this season. I guess we'll have to see. But I'm more a fan of Loyola Chicago's roster as a whole than Michigan State. So I'm going to go Loyola Chicago. All right, then uh, next game we've got Auburn against UConn. I, I like Auburn in this one. I just think they kind of have a little bit uh, – more talent, they're going to have more scoring. I do think it's going to be, you know, played at UConn's type of style, but give me the Tigers. I like UConn. I was very concerned with what I saw the other day from Auburn. They played really bad against a terrible South Florida team. Walker Kessler hasn't been as good as we thought, but Jabari Smith is really good. They're definitely missing Alan Flanagan's shooting ability. Wendell Green's going to have to get get it going a little bit here. Zeb Jasper is an awesome defender, so he should be able to stop R.J. Cole a little bit. But Adama Sinogo, this could kind of be the breakout game for him. So I'm going to go with UConn. I think their defense is going to be too much to handle. Yeah, this could be the breakout tournament for Sinogo. Like, if he's able to have a big game against Jabari Smith and then uh, you know, do what he can do against uh, Michigan State or Loyola, like he could make a name for himself. Yeah, definitely. And then next game up, we have Syracuse against VCU. 
I'm yeah. Not, uh, yeah. Neither. I'm, yeah, I wish we would gotten like one of those teams that was previously mentioned to like just switch Syracuse out with like UConn or something. Then we'd have an like we'd have a good Final Four because whoever wins this game is getting obliterated in the next one. Uh, but, I'm gonna go Syracuse just because VCU can't score, but yeah, that's that's also kind of how I go. But yeah, yeah, I'm going with the Orange as well. Baylor, Arizona State. I do think Arizona State's gonna keep it closer than every other team yeah. that's played Baylor, but I'll, I'll roll with the Bears. They're playing excellent basketball right now. Yeah, Baylor's the best team in this tournament. They just have too much for Arizona State to handle. All right. Yeah, I agree. Uh, top of the bracket, I've got Loyola versus Auburn. I'm going to go with Auburn to win this game. Uh, I think they're a tad bit more you know, athletic, obviously, uh, talented. So I'm going to go with Auburn. But, again, like I could see any of these four teams, honestly, from the top half of the bracket making it to the championship game. This one's tough. I really don't. I don't really have a good feel for this one at all. Loyola, I think they need to get better defensively. That's a big part of it. Auburn, their offense has really, really not looked good. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. Uh, man, I'm struggling here. I'm gonna go Loyola, but it's it's so close. Yeah. Like, ask me another day, and I might pick Auburn. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So. uh but didn't you pick UConn? Oh, right, right, right. I don't know. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah, yeah. My bad. Uh, I'm going to UConn. All right. There we go. I was oh, I was a little confused there for a second. Yeah, yeah. Going to UConn. All right. Forgot uh, there was another game in there. We we both have Syracuse against Baylor. Um, yeah, Baylor. Rematch of the uh, 2019. No, 2018 round of 32? No, that was the first round game, wasn't it? Yeah, first no. round 2019. Yeah, Makai Mason against uh, Tyus Battle because Frank Howard was suspended. Back when uh, Bay- both these teams played zone, now Baylor plays yeah. their no-middle defense. Makai Mason? Yeah, he went off. Jared Butler went off. I love how Makai Mason went from beating Yale – or beating Yale – being on Yale and beating Baylor in the NCAA tournament to being on Baylor in the NCAA tournament. That, that, that's something that doesn't get talked about enough. It's, it's the reverse KD. You know, KD is, if you can't beat them, join them. Makai Mason is, if you can beat them, join them. Like, did he feel bad for beating them with Yale? So he's like, you know what? Let, let me go there and I will help you guys win a tournament game. Yeah, felt bad. But that Yale win is historic for a few reasons. One, mainly because it gave us the Torian Prince rebound quote, which is probably my favorite thing of all time. Yeah, that is elite. I mean, that's just that's just the best thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Um, as for the championship game, uh, I'm going to go with Baylor to steamroll Auburn. I just think they're a better team at this point. So, yeah, Baylor – Give me the Bears. So I have Baylor-UConn. I think this is going to be Baylor all day. Yeah. I think Jonathan Chamwichachua and Flo Thamba can stop Adama Sinogo a little bit. And when you compare the guards on the two teams, Baylor wins and it's not even close. You, you compare the wings on the two teams, it's not even close. Give me Baylor all day. I think LJ Cryer, who does not start for Baylor, if he went to UConn, would be their top scorer. Maybe yeah. top guard score. I think top score overall. Yeah, how much is Sonogo going to have this year? 15, 16? Yeah, but, like, I think he would be better than Sonogo. Sonogo has 15 a game right now. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, he's he's, bare, he's very good. And he's come yeah. out their bench. I think I think if they didn't get James Akinjo, and I think Akinjo's good – but I think Cryer could have been an All-American if they didn't get Kinjo. He might still be one. Uh, with Flagler, too, I think there's too much on the team for him to be an All-American. Yeah. He's That's averaging 18 a game right now, though. I didn't realize he was doing this. 
Yeah, he's he's getting buckets. I don't think he's an average 18 a game this year, but he's been awesome. Yeah. Maybe he needs to start. Yeah, there there we go. He did start. He started one game. Who did he start against? Started against Baylor. Flagler came off the bench. No, Flagler didn't play, so he must have been hurt. All right. Yeah, but LJ Cryer, he's a bucket. By the way, Stanford, one of their starting guards is a walk-on. Not ideal. No, not at all. All right. Uh, next event we've got up is the ESPN Events Invitational. Mm. Uh, th- there's there's two really good teams in this. A lot of blah, but uh, first Drake game, and Belmont, I would say, are really good. Iona's really good. Alabama's okay. really good. Two, two elite teams, uh, two really good teams, and a lot of blah. How about that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dayton Miami is the first game. Uh, I I don't think Miami is that great, but uh, I mean Dayton's one and three and is getting beat by everyone they play. So I guess I gotta go with Miami. They've lost to UMass Lowell. Austin P and Lipscomb, like how? How do you do that? They, like they didn't even, they weren't even close against Lipscomb. It's not like Lipscomb is the best team in their conference or anything. No, they're like the fifth best in their conference. Yeah, like their just, their offense was terrible in those games. Their offense was really good against Austin P, but they allowed eighty seven points. They shot yeah. three for twenty one from deep. Not ideal. Like, terrible. Just Dayton's not very good. Hey, Archie Miller is available. Hey, I mean, that, that that's worked before. I think it could work again. Yeah. Um, Kansas against North Texas. Yeah, give me the Jayhawks. Jalen Wilson's returning as well, so. Oh, yeah, that's right. Huh? I kind of forgot Jalen Wilson was suspended there for a minute. Give me, Yeah, give me Kansas for sure. Yeah, the the more intriguing thing is uh, who's now going to be uh, sent to the bench. Mitch Lightfoot. He, he's he's not started, so. He didn't start in the first game? Oh, yeah. Dewan Harris, I guess. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they'll just keep Jalen Wilson off the bench. Nah, can't do that. All right. Uh, Christian Brown. I would probably go with Dewan Harris. I don't know. Remy Martin? Mm, you definitely cannot bench Remy Martin either. Yeah, like it that's a tough decision. Yeah, not one I would want to make. Yeah. Uh next game, Alabama against Iona, NCAA tournament rematch. Um yeah, I I'm gonna roll with Alabama. They've been really good this year. Uh so Give me the tide to roll. I think it'll be close, but Alabama's got so much athleticism. I'm going to go with Alabama, Javon Quinterly, Jaden Shackelford, J.D. Davison. Maybe if Nelly Jr. Joseph goes off, which is certainly possible, Iona could be very competitive late in the game, but I'll go Alabama. Yeah, I'll go like 80 to 67 or something like that. Mm. Yeah, I think it'll be closer. All right. Uh, Belmont Drake, this is probably the best first-round matchup. Uh, you've got a Belmont team that uh, just offensive clinic against a very good uh, Drake Bulldogs team that just picked up a good win against Richmond. I'm going to go with Drake here, uh, but you, you could easily sway me to Belmont. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go Drake. You know, they they looked pretty rough against Richmond yesterday, but Roman Penn, Tang Hampill, Darnell Brody. Darnell Brody could struggle in this game, especially with how much Belmont stretches the floor. So you could see a smaller lineup coming from Drake. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Bulldogs still, though. It'll be really close. Both teams are really good. Yeah. Uh, next up, I guess we've got the same Final Fours. Uh, Kansas against Miami. I, I think Kansas wins this game by 20 Easily. or so. Yeah, not even close. I think this will be less competitive than the Kansas-North Texas game. Um, 
Yeah, I mean Miami's just not good. Yeah, like, like North, Isaiah North Wong's Texas really good. North Texas will just grind it out and make it like in seventy-five to fifty game, whereas like Miami's gonna just let Kansas score a hundred. Yeah, North Texas has some good players like Tyler Perry coming in from the JUCO level. He's been really good. I think Bart Torovic has him as like the highest rated player right now, which is crazy, but he's really skilled. He's going to be a big time piece for North Texas. Drez McBride is a good player. Uh, they have Thomas Bell who went off against Purdue in the NCAA tournament. If North Texas gets back to the tournament, they can win a game. I don't think they're going to beat Kansas, but they can be competitive with Kansas. Yeah. Uh, whereas Miami will not. No, it's just, it's tough. Like, if you if you look at the timeline of things, Loyola Chicago beats Miami. Dante Ingram makes, like, a 29-footer to beat Miami in the NCAA tournament, and it's been all downhill since then. Yeah. Miami like, since made the that, final That was, goal? what, 2018? Yeah. Yeah, 2017-2018. They followed that up with a 14-win season, a 15-win season, a 10-win season, and they aren't looking so hot this season. So, yeah, might be time for Jim Larnaga to hang it up. Yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah, um, he did bring George Mason to the Final Four, though. We can't forget that. Yeah, George Mason, Final Four team. They've done it before. Yeah. So who's to say they can't do it again? You know. Yeah. And uh, as for the next game, Alabama against Drake, uh, I'm going to go with the Crimson Tide. I think Drake's going to make this like a lower possession, grinded out type of game. They're going to try to take away the three to a kind of extreme extent. But I still think Alabama at the end of the day just has too much talent. And I think they'll they'll win this game made by like nine or ten points. Everything in me wants to say Drake, but, man, Alabama's so good. Like, they play fast. They're deep. Keon Ellis has been awesome. Then guys you didn't even expect to really do anything, like Darius Miles. Like, I didn't even know that much about Darius Miles coming into the year, but he's able to hit shots. You have Noah Gurley, who can play a solid role. Charles Bediaco, who's going to start at the five. They have a, They don't have, like, star power, I guess. I guess Yvonne Quinterly could be considered a star. But they don't have, they don't have like an SEC Player of the Year guy. I feel like yeah. in my mind, like I don't see Quinterly being that guy. But they can go nine, ten deep with really solid players all around. Like they don't have a guy that plays minutes that isn't good. Yeah. So maybe so Keon we, Ellis could be a Conference Player of the Year contender. The SEC like has, I guess Oscar Shibway probably is the favorite for the award just because he's. I'd go Colin Castleton. I forgot about Castleton. He's been unbelievably good. But, like, Keon Ellis, 14 a game, 8 rebounds, 2 assists. You add in his defense, 2.3 steals. Yeah. Can defend pretty much any position on the floor, 1 through 4 mainly. I think you got to consider him for Conference Player of the Year. I think that definitely deserves consideration. Yeah, I can get behind that. All right, and then championship game, Kansas against Alabama. I'm rolling with Kansas. I think, like... It's a pretty even matchup. Like, you have really good guards. You have uh, versatile wings. Uh, but, you know, I think David McCormick's better than Betty Aku uh, inside. And just think Kansas has Alabama's players, but, like, a little bit better. Like, Dewan Harris is a really good true point guard. Like, Ochai Abaji is now, like, all of a sudden a first-team All-American. Like, the... the I just think Kansas has better players, so I'm going to go with the Jayhawks to win this one. I would say the talent gap is a little bit there, but I think Kansas is going to have to shoot the ball well from three in this one if they're going to win because of how fast Alabama plays. They're just a really good defensive team. And I think this could be a game for David McCormick to play well. I think they're going to need something from him in this one. But if Alabama's hitting their threes, which they haven't done a whole lot of this season, they've actually struggled from three only 31%, and they play good defense, they play their pace, I think this could be a tough game for Kansas. So I'm going to do it. I'm going to go Alabama. All right. First, I guess second big upset, because you, you also picked Arizona against Michigan. So. Not even really an upset. Four-point spread. 
It's an upset. upset. I I say an upset starts at like minus six. Are we sure Kansas would be favored by six? I would like to think so. I don't know. You you don't think so? Um, I think so. I don't know. They're the number two team in Ken Palm. Yeah. Against so. the number fourteen team in Ken Palm. Let, let's let's try to compare here. So here we we'll do Haslametrics. Um, oh, you can actually do that on there, right? Yeah. Okay. On a yeah. neutral five point favorite. Okay. Well, I'll change how I look at things, and I'll say it's an upset. All right. There we so. go. Second big upset. Yep. All right. Next tournament we got Fort Myers tip off tips off on Monday. This can be, I think, a really good one. Really good, or yeah. It, There's all the one games game we don't even don't... have to talk about. It's like a bye game, not a, not like a bye game, like a BUI, like like a bye week in football. Like it, nothing. Yeah. Uh, Florida against California. I mean, it, it is in Florida, so basically a bye game. Uh, they said they're not paying Cal to show up. Yes, I'm, I'm assuming. This is better than a bye game. Get to it's bring, a game you don't have to pay them to show up for, but it's a free win. Yeah. Gators by 30. What do you think the actual – we talked about this last episode, but, like, is it is, – oh, there might actually be – what does Ken Palm say? Florida by 11? Cool boy. I would double that. I would say Kansas, yeah, Florida by 22. Let's see what Haslametrics has at. Um, like, Cal's not good. Oh, Haslam has at nine. Oh, boy. I don't know. Yeah, I give mean, me the Gators. Calling, they're like, Cal's best player is Andre Kelly. Really good, physical, strong, big man. He will not be able to do anything in this game. Anthony DeRugge and Colin Castleton will do awesome down low, of course, because they're both really good. And, you know, they're going to need, like, Jordan Shepard, Grant Tisevich to be able to shoot the ball. Just not a ton. Not a ton here for Cal. I think we spent too much time on this game. Uh, that, that's certainly a fair assessment. Ohio State, Seton Hall, on the other hand, will be a very good game. Uh I'm going to roll with Seton Hall. I just think they're a better team right now. Uh, I, I could get behind, like, Ohio State eventually becoming a better team than Seton Hall. But, like, the the freshman guards against, like, Kadari Richmond, Miles Kale, Jared Roden, uh, good luck driving on uh, E.K. Obiagu or Ike Obiagu. Uh, yeah, Seton Hall is just a better team. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, Ohio State's guard plays a big problem. That's going to be a big problem in this game, too. I think Seton Hall's just a better team. All right. Uh, and then championship game, I, I assume we both have Ohio State taking care of California. So uh, championship yeah, game, though. Matter. Seton Hall against Florida. This is going to be, I think, a really good interior matchup uh, with Obiagu against Colin Castleton. Uh, that's going to be fascinating to watch. Give me the Pirates, though. I'm I'm rolling with them. I think the you know, this is going to be, I think, a grinded out type of physical battle. Uh, old school basketball fans, you would love this type of game. There's not going to be necessarily a ton of main shots, but you know every every basket's going to be earned. I'm going to go with Seton Hall, though. I'm going Florida again. You said physical defensive basketball game. The way this Florida team. Plays is physical, tough, defensive, and going to Florida. All right. Uh, and then we have the uh, Hall of Fame Classic uh, in Kansas A. We first have Cincinnati against Illinois. Uh, Kofi Coburn's going to be back, and he is going to, I think, have a big impact on this game. I don't really see Cincinnati necessarily being able to stop him, so give me Illinois to win this one, kind of handily. Man, yeah, I I think Cincinnati has the bigs to kind of compete a little bit. Abdullah Du, Hayden Koval, they have some big men that can kind of compete with him, but talent-wise, I'm definitely going to Illinois. 
Yeah. And then second game, I think this will be a lot closer than what people would expect. Kansas State against Arkansas. Uh, Kansas State, I think, will have a considerable home court advantage uh, just because they're playing short way away from their campus. But give me Arkansas to win uh, like 72-66. I think they'll just have kind of enough. And Debo Davis will not get ejected in this game. Yeah, I'm going Arkansas. I, I don't know if this game's going to be all that close. Arkansas is just better. All right. So one one of us predicts a close game. One does not. So championship game, though, this is what everyone's expecting. Illinois against Arkansas. Uh, I, I think Illinois is just going to be able to kind of win this game somewhat handily. Uh, I Like Jalen Williams... Connor Vanover aren't going to be able to stop uh, Kofi Coburn. Like, Vanover's taller than him, but he's, like, not very mobile and not good defensively either. Uh, and then I, I think Illinois' guards, they'll have some struggles, but I think they'll be able to, you know, light up enough. So give me Illinois to win this game. I think, yeah, I think you're right on there. I think this is the kind of game where – where we see Illinois live up to that potential they had coming into the season. Kofi's back, they're healthy, and Arkansas just has nobody that will be able to stop Kofi's strength. Yeah. Uh, next up, we've got, starting Wednesday, uh, NIT season tip-off, first game up, it is Iowa State against Xavier. Uh, yeah, give me, give me Xavier in this one. They just completely murdered uh, Norfolk State. So, um, Iowa State's a little better than I think people think. Tyrese Hunter is a really good freshman. No Zach Fremantle still for Xavier, but Xavier beat Ohio State without Zach Fremantle. So I'm going to go Xavier. Yeah. Uh, next game up, we've got Memphis against Virginia Tech. I'm going to roll with Memphis here, right? think it's a pretty even matchup. I do think, like, depth will become somewhat of an issue for Virginia Tech. I don't really trust the, you know, depth pieces or the depth a whole lot with this team. And then, you know, I think it's kind of like a coming out parade for uh, Amani Bates, Jalen Durant. I think one of the those two will be able to have a big game and Memphis will win. Yeah, I think this is, like you said, the depth for Virginia Tech. They don't have anybody on that bench that's really proven. I think it's going to be a big problem for them this season. They lost a lot of pieces of the portal. They added some guys from the portal, but none that I think are going to be instant contributors, uh, besides Storm Murphy, that are going to be instant contributors off the bench. So I think their their bench is going to be a big problem in this one. I'm going Memphis. All right, and then championship game, Memphis against Xavier. I'm rolling with the Tigers here. Uh, why not? Uh, first off and foremost, but yeah, Memphis is, they're just, they've got a talent, talent advantage. I think my Bates is going to have a good game on uh, this game. Uh, Jim Duran, I think is going to have a advantage against Jack Nungy inside. So give me Memphis in this one. I th- do think is going to be, uh, two really, you know, battle testing type of games for Memphis. But if they're able to win this, I think we need to, like, put Memphis as a top-10 team. Like, consider them pretty legit. I think Memphis is legit, and I think they'll be able to win this game. Like like we've said a few times, no Zach Fremantle. Memphis has a ton of size with Jalen Duran, DeAndre Williams. They have a lot of options size-wise. I think that'll be a big problem for Xavier in this game. If Jack Nungy gets in foul trouble, they just have nobody to stop those guys. Yeah. Um, so next one up here, this one also starts on Monday, probably the worst of these, uh, way too early tournaments. Although I guess the wooden leg is, he's not great either, but Legends Classic, first game, Georgia against Virginia. Virginia is not very good, but, uh, Georgia is much worse. So give me Virginia. Mm, Interesting one. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Georgia. I just don't trust Virginia's offense at all. I don't trust Georgia at all either. I'm not saying I trust Georgia, but Virginia's offense is so bad. 
they're going to have to keep Georgia below like 50 points. So I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Georgia. All right. Hey, I, I thought I was low on Virginia, but just not a fan. Yeah. They're, there's yeah. not, the offense is not good. Yeah. Uh, and then next game, we've got Northwestern against Providence. Um, I'm going to go with Providence here. Uh, I think Northwestern will be able to kind of keep this game close, but in the end, I just I think Providence has a little bit better players. I do think the winner of this and the loser of this will win their next games, which, spoiler alert for who my championship game pick is. I'm going to go with Northwestern. They're going to be able to space the floor out. They're going to run some five-out stuff with Pete Nance at the five which means Nate Watson's guarding the perimeter. Not very quick, so I'm going to go with Northwestern being able to knock down shots from the perimeter and Nate Watson struggling defensively. All right. Then championship, uh, I'm going Providence over Virginia. I I guess you have Georgia against Northwestern, so who's winning that Go game? Northwestern. Yeah, go Northwestern. Yeah. I think, I think Northwestern and Providence are the – like, they're the two best teams in this tournament, though. Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right. Wooden Legacy, this one's also not fantastic. Good championship game matchup. Uh, I assume we're both going USC over St. Joe's. Yeah. All right. And then next one, Georgetown against San Diego State. If Georgetown can't beat Dartmouth, I don't trust them to uh, beat San Diego State, so give me the Aztecs. I like San Diego State. Matt Bradley has struggled a bit this year. They almost lost to Arizona State, but Georgetown is rough, so I'm going to go with San Diego State. Their defense is going to be what wins them this game. Yeah. Uh, and then the Bahamas Classic, I think that's what it's called. Uh, this one starts Thursday. We've got Louisville against Mississippi State. Uh, this one's going to be, I think, a kind of big early season bubble matchup. It's going to, like, these are the type of games we look back in March, and it's like one of these teams will have a win over the other, and they're both, like, last four in or first four out, and it's going to be, okay, well, we're going to go with uh winner of this game. I'm going to go with Louisville uh, to win. Actually, scratch that, scratch that. I'm going Mississippi State to win. Uh, at, think they have a better overall roster. I don't trust Louisville either. So, Wow, you change your mind that fast, huh? Yeah, I I was like picturing this game playing out. Like I, I, want, I always want to pick Louisville because I, I don't trust Ben Hallen, but that was like picturing this game playing out. I'm like, uh, I'm going Mississippi State now. Yeah, I don't think either team is particularly good. But I'm going to go with Mississippi State because Iverson Molinar, Shaquille Moore, DJ Jeffries, I, I like their guards and wings more than Louisville's. I think Louisville right now with Tolu Smith out has the advantage in the front court, but I like the backcourt Mississippi State more. Yeah. Iver- Iverson Molinar is better than anyone Louisville has. Yeah, definitely agree. All right. Then Maryland against Richmond. I. I I was, you know, Richmond has not impressed me this season. But Maryland is frauds. Most they they are one of the most fraudulent teams of this season. I cannot pick these uh these frauds, so give me Richmond to win this game. <laughs> Man, Richmond needs a win for sure. There's no doubt about that. They haven't been great early on. Uh they lost like two very winnable games against Decent teams. Decent teams, but they got to start winning some games. Yeah. I'm going to go so, Richmond, though. I'm going to go Richmond. They're experienced. Jacob Gilliard is getting close to breaking the all-time seals record. Their offense has actually been really good, but their defense continues to struggle. You know, I think that, I think they'll win. I think they'll be able to space the floor out pretty well. Last game, uh, Maryland didn't have a – Cutis Wahab didn't play a whole lot. So, because the Hofstra spaced the floor out, so with Julian Reese at the five mostly, I think we could see something similar here. So, I'm going to go with Richmond. 
Then we both have Mississippi State against Richmond. I'm going with the Spiders. Uh, I think they look they they let that game against Utah State get away. Uh, they let that game against Drake get away. I think they are an experienced team. I think they're going to play tough. They're going to you know have their best effort. And I'm going to go with the Spiders to uh, win this game. I think yeah, I agree with you. I think Richmond needs to win a couple games. I think they're going to be playing motivated. And I think they'll come out with a victory again. All right. That will, that is it for uh, ch- the championship week tournaments that we're breaking down. There's a few other ones, uh, but we, we only have so many tournaments we can break down. So yeah, there's, there's too many probably. Yeah. But that will wrap up for this episode of the making the madness college basketball podcast. Make sure to you know, subscribe uh, to the podcast. Uh, leave a five star review. Uh, you know, say nice comments in the review. Uh, until next time, we'll, we'll be back.